0: Shake it up and pop that cork. We got Teresa Duncan on the podcast today and we were starting off pretty fast. So good to have you here. It's a uh, pleasure
1: to be on here. You guys are like uh, podcast pioneer icons. That's great. I'm so I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty honored to get on here.
0: Thank you. We're honored to have you. So you were brought to us through Erica and, um, Erica is the energizer, Bonnie, and she she gets everybody that has something good to say. And she said that we'd love to talk to you. So there was a question you were about to ask when I corked it, because you said you, you were talking about helping people that have like obscure and nebulous goals, as you were saying. So, yeah, so, right
1: so Erica is awesome. Let me just say that. So hi, Erica. And. I was asking you because we were talking about the different goals that practices come to your summit with, you know, doctors are like, hey, I just want to make a million dollars and like "Come on, that's got to be better than that. But it spurred a question. It spurred not better than a million, but, you know, like there's got to be different goals. Um, It's
0: compelling, I think. Money is a good goal, but it shouldn't be the only goal. But I was saying to you, like, hey, at least that clarity would make me happy. Some people are like, I want to increase my profit from blank to blank, and I'm re- realizing that they actually don't make what they think because they don't pay themselves. And they, don't, they don't actually have a business. So I yeah. think even a clarity of a goal like a million dollars a year is better than what we usually see. So sorry, go on.
1: No, no, it's fine. So I was talking to somebody who's ready to sell his chain of practices, and he said to me, did you know that if you have a, a legacy software that's a Dentrix and Eaglesoft and you know, server-based and it's not cloud-based... It actually is better for your valuation. If you have a cloud based software, it actually is not good for your valuation because it actually like a basis, like taking a point off, um, a multiple. And and I thought
0: You mean a wait, turn? A whole no. Turn? I'm sorry. A turn, a like a multiple, turn? like instead yes. of a nine multiple, an eight multiple.
1: Yes, exactly. Ooh, sorry. Be, that's costly. And I thought that's yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that's a little bit
0: Hi. Who was this person that told you this? Uh, I don't want his naming name, name in
1: case it's wrong. No, I,
0: um. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm calling a little bit of BS on that. Yeah, let me, well, who, he was being who, told
1: by his broker, by somebody he's working with. Yeah, and that's I thought, not, you know what, so, cloud software, like that would be so much easier to calibrate across practices. So I'm not quite sure where that's yeah, coming that,
0: from. I call I call BS on that one because listen, okay. let's just say that you you're being acquired by a DSO who has cloud. Imagine how much easier it is for them. So there is, I we know, Peter and I know DSOs that have you know 150 locations and actually in different geographies, they use different softwares in each one. So software can be managed and merged. And, and uh, I, I think it could be, it just depends on who the buyer is. It could actually be a, a plus for you or negative. But if you're compelling enough to be bought, I don't think they'd give you any less or a discount. Um, there's bigger discounts for things like You know, if if they're if you're closing location or if Mm -hmm. you're expanding or one of your key people got injured, things like that. But I mean, software is it it, it has a mitigation strategy. It's it can be it can be fixed.
1: It did sound just a little bit off, and so I put out my feelers. I put out feelers to different software companies and a broker or two, and they came back with the same thing. So I think I'm ready to. Put a pin in all that and like,
0: it's <laughs> course, That one,
1: yeah, right. Like yeah. that's done. I'm not going to bring that up anymore. And if anybody brings it up, I'll say, I don't know. I checked with a bunch of experts. And that,
0: that's well, right well <laughs> you have to really check with experts then you can't just say what? you spoke to us.
1: No, no. I mean, I <laughs> did. I, I talked to transition people and the software and the software. Oh gosh. The two software companies that are cloud-based were like, we have studies and we have this and we'll send them to you. And I was uh-huh. like, no, I don't want, I don't want the studies. I just want to know is this right or wrong.
2: Well, so that, I can confirm reason in all my talkings with people i've never heard that so i'm not saying it's not true but i can say without that i have i have never heard that so um, right but it's just like
0: it's a very unique fit there could be a dso out there that's acquiring practices that does not has a really problem a big problem with cloud base and they don't find i mean we we have dentrix in our practice now i think dentrix is made for like X amount of plugins per office. We have three times the amount that's allowed to be used for Dentrix. So we have an untenable situation with Dentrix in our environment. It's just too big and not mm. stable. So we have to make a switch. Um, I've been pushing it off as long as possible, but now our database is like five terabytes and we have to do it. So we'll be mm. moving to cloud-based personally.
1: Well, I'll watch and see where you go to because it's, it's definitely where it's going and I love it. I mean, I really do, especially monitoring offices, just being able to log in, seeing what they're doing is great. Well, and then-
0: The open source ones are even cooler because then you can just fix things with certain different types of plugins that you could build.
1: Well, and and it's really nice if you're looking to outsource or have somebody work from home securely. Let me just say that, work from home securely. <laughs> There's now these a- AI, these bots that are being built by mm-hmm. these companies that can go in and post payments for you and everything. Oh, yeah, so super that. cool. Well, that's but
0: Teresa, it. We were on a, our last podcast, Peter and I, and Peter is like a tech. Um, he, he's just a tech. He's a big tech a nerd, I should call you, in a loving way, Peter. You're a tech nerd. He brings a lot of interesting things way ahead of the curve to me. And we were live on a podcast and he was t- talking about this thing called J- chat GPT 3 right chat oh. GPT and just live he's like hey to the bot write us a press release for our upcoming um 2023 summit at the Wynn in Las Vegas August 11th where actually tickets are going live um for that event and they're going to sell out and the bot wrote so fast. It would have made me feel a lot more comfortable. You ever seen those videos of the Boston Dynamics robots that are dancing oh, yeah. better than humans can dance? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me feel comfortable because I realize they're better than us. Right. Chat GPT is faster than any person I've ever seen. And it wrote an amazing press release that we would actually use. And then just for fun, we wrote to the bot, write it as if a 12-year-old wrote it. And it just... <laughs> came all down and it was amazing with exclamation points. Peter, ha- I mean, I did not, that changed my life seeing that.
2: And that I told you, you'd have to pick up your pieces of your brain after I yeah. showed you all that.
0: It's not, doesn't make me feel good. I'd rather if it slowed down yeah. because it's so fast and so much better than any human. I know that it's unnerving.
2: I'll tell you offline what I've been doing with it today. Cause I don't want to, I'm not ready to kind of talk about it publicly, but
0: it's insanity it's insanity it's not it doesn't make me feel good necessarily actually why i they're
1: understand better, i understand well, they're this, better yeah.
0: they're better like they're better than we are we are not doing well as a species of human beings we're starting <laughs> ridiculous wars we're we're involved in a lot of nefarious dealings and we're divisive and we're violent we're a violent i mean as naval ravikant says you know you're just an ape with a plan And I feel that human beings, I'm I'm not overly optimistic about our species. And then I see this bot that speaks better than we do. It's like, damn, Well, (laughs) it's like maybe you can use
1: it for like, um, you know, um, transcripts that the White House uses like that could put out a
0: really good like transcript. Hey, it would be better than the ones we're getting right now. That's what I'm thinking. So (laughs) Everything that (laughs) is said has to be redacted. So I'm sure GPT (laughs) would be a better head of state than what we have already. I'll vote for I'll vote for a bot.
1: (laughs) It's pretty cool the GPT thing. Um, My other my second podcast host co host Kevin Henry put in his um, study storyline into Chat GPT. Put in what's an insurance coordinator talking about an insurance coordinator a boss that doesn't support her and then all this stuff other criteria and he printed out this it it spit out this story of an insurance coordinator that is so stressed out her mental health is in trouble and she's being haunted by the ghost of dental billing practices and fraud and i was like
0: what yeah i mean imagine if you're like a kid in english class right now and you have to write a term paper on like you know the Iliad, Homer's Iliad. I'm like, hey, Chat GPT, <laughs> like, uh, why did it have an 11 year old? And it'll come up different every time. Like, is English going to go away? Like, for, I mean, like, we had Cliff Notes, thank God. Right, right. You know, well, like- we could write
1: the next Harry Potter. I mean, honestly, like, we could put in like dragon with, you know, a limp that can spit fire,
0: right. you know, just that a little to bit. it be a frustrated dentist. Yeah. And it'll be the number one best selling. By the way, Teresa, <laughs> if I see the dragon dentist, and it goes on Amazon. This has been recorded. <laughs> Teresa Duncan's uh-huh. tale of the fiery dental dragon. We're watching. I'm watching.
1: <laughs> but just a little bitty fire, just a little right. fire. <laughs> enough to fire that porcelain up.
0: Right? <laughs> exactly. He puts them all. He puts your Emacs in a, Okay, we're getting too far.
1: I'm sorry.
2: See, Peter, we're nerding bring out us to
0: something here. <laughs> Please bring some content, Peter. Can't just be all out here.
2: What do you mean we can't? We can't just sit around and talk about AI and dragons.
1: <laughs> oh, that is what we were talking about before the AI. So, can I bring it back to? Yes, please. Bring just it back it to, to
3: for the listener. So, Peter, it is shocking to me how many people one have not actually heard about ERC, and two have gotten the wrong information and you and trey being two of them i mean i consider you to be an epic business person and when i talked about the employee retention credit to you you were really dismissive of me like no I, I went through that i got it I, you know it's great i got it. it was done and even Trey just now we were just talking to him on the last pod he's like yeah i already I, you know my accounting firm they, they got it very little they only got like five or ten grants. so we know this is totally misunderstood.
2: I it's was impossible. told I didn't qualify until I went to a specialist and they're like, you absolutely qualify. And here's the number. And it, it almost startled me. Like I, I, my jaw was off on the ground. Of like, yeah, you don't actually, serious?
3: you don't believe it. You do not believe, believe it, it. but going yeah. to,
2: don't ask your CPA, ask someone who specializes with, which is why we actually have this awesome arrangement. And we created a link and the company is bullet, go to bulletproof ERC to help kind of implement this because from this pot of money that Congress has, has allocated, we want the people listening from Bulletproof to take advantage of it. So this is why right. it's kind of this this announcement is going on because it's, don't like I said, don't ask your CPA, ask the people right. who this is the well, only what, thing they do all day, every
3: that's day. That's why we had to do this because initially I was telling everybody, telling you, telling everybody like, oh, I, I went, we don't qualify. So we're like, oh, this is not going the way it's supposed to. Like you mm-hmm. have to go to the people that do it. So I'm really proud of that. Um, my buddy, Norm, works at the company. Norm, as you know, is like the nicest guy in the world. He's literally like Ned Flanders. He's like, he how really do you do? He'll fill out your form. He'll walk you through the process. He'll do the Zoom call with you. It's literally white glove services. You don't have to do anything. And this is what they do. And it's an unbelievable program. You have two ways to pay for it. Um, you can either pay up front or they can just take a percentage when they give you the money. And it is awesome. You did one, I did the other. We won't tell which one, who, who did what, but it's a government program. It's going to run out. Do not delay. It's amazing how many people are like, I'll handle a couple months. I don't have yeah. time. You don't need any time. Like, this first is like come, crazy. first serve, right? First come, first serve. And I mean, I know the government's treated you well through the CARES Act. And you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I don't need this. It is your money This to is have. part of the CARES Act right it is part of the cares act but the, i mean even when i thought about it i'm like nah i'm good i don't want to take you know more money but this is a program that's allocated for people like you who have kept your employees kept your businesses open do not take it for granted if your account told you or your friend who's a lawyer told you do not leave that stone unturned go to bulletprooferc.com spend five minutes it's worth the due diligence do not assume anything and even if you filled it out you got something, but it wasn't you know, what you think is commensurate for your size business, go ahead and reopen the process. You can amend these things for different years. Yeah. So do yourself a favor, take the five or 10 minutes, have a Zoom call, you may be leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, yes. which is not prudent for you, your business, and the, the families that your business supports. Do it for them.
1: So two different companies that I have been really taking a good interest in have been, they, they have the logins through Dentrix, right? Like they, you, they, you create a login and they go in and they do their thing. It's, so it's not me posting payments. It's, you know, Lassie is the company I demoed. I was like stunned how fast he posted like whole day's worth of payments. in like, I want to say five minutes. And all I have to do is just check. And it was, it was amazing. I was like, can I invest (laughs) Like, like today, can open. I write it's you a check open. today? Yeah, it's like crazy. crazy. <laughs> like that's what I want. I mean, it, the problem I have with insurance teaching it is it's really hard to pick up if you don't know anything about dentistry, period. And so the payments piece takes all day. I can't teach them insurance if all they're doing is just making sure that their checks just get entered in. So I just, I'm very excited about where things are going. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I want to i don't know if i want them replacing me but it's going to happen eventually so
0: right wild isn't it yeah wild yep it is that's a crazy time to be alive we're witnessing this stuff right now
1: peter looks like he's thinking well i'm thinking about like
2: look no one's going to be immune to a a somewhat of a disruption it's going to be those people who find out how to optimize it who are going to benefit the ones who just stay static are like oh no Oh, no, you know, and play the victim, are honestly going to get replaced. But, you know, even dentists are not immune. I don't feel even doctors, lawyers like, no, you know, like there's so yeah, many people. We who, talked
0: about last time, Peter,
2: that tech is going to displace a little bit, but it's not going to make them it's not going to make us obsolete. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just going to make those who utilize the tech better, faster, easier.
0: Help me out with something, Peter. Were we recording or is that a side conversation where you were asking me like the top three things that a dentist does? Was that recorded? Remember, you like distill yeah, down yeah, the actual important. work. Okay, good. Yeah. So I mean Peter was yeah, yeah, actually just like
2: I was on that same pod.
0: Yeah. So GPT is a more empathetic doctor. Than most of our of of us as doctors. So Peter like put in there like, hey, how do you you know dentistry is so scary? Like, how can I you know how can we be assured you know I'm going to be taken care of? And this empathetic bot was like, hey, we recognize it's a scary thing, but we're happy you're investing in your oral care, and we'll use (laughs) nope, we'll use all the proper numbing agents and walk you through each step. I'm like, damn, let me hire that bot for real. (laughs) <laughs> most of the dentists will be like, come on, just deal with it. Well, you're the one who neglected yourself, you know, <laughs> making you feel bad and shaming you. We suck.
1: Wow. Yeah. No, they need to teach that because coming out of school, the dentists, the new dentists don't have that. They don't yeah. have that yet.
0: So no. and the problem go. is you could be a wonderful clinician, you know, have hands of ha- hands of like GV black, the most amazing clinical scale. But if you lack that ability <laughs> to connect with people and be empathetic, you're not going to be a successful dentist. So Peter asked a very intuitive question, and I don't want to relive that whole podcast. You can go check it out. But it was basically like distill down what the unique attributes of a successful dentist are. And it was alarming and f- funny, humorous to see that a lot of it could be disrupted right now. I, like just wheel the guy in at that point. So it's like, not
1: even like the picking up the drill or anything like that. No, no, it? but
0: no. Picking up the drill at this point still needs that. But if this... If this bot was able to manage my consult and talk to my patient and then wheel a guy in that just like nods, basically pull like a Stephen <laughs> Hawking, like put the voice machine like today, we'll be working on you and then just set up and do the whole thing.
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> <Right>? Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: like get the, get the voice machine.
1: Well, I'm just thinking, gosh, I presented so much treatment plans and financial plans like if I were a bot, like would the patients argue with me as much? Like would they negotiate matter. with me as much? Well I mean, no,
0: just the bot will exhaust you. Tell me more how you feel. Tell me more. Amazing. How you
1: feel. Like, that's so amazing. Yeah, like that's great. Like there are certain patients that I will absolutely roll that bot in for. There are you kidding <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> I can think of three right now that I just hated going yeah, you, you in there. Want,
0: you can just walk into the patient. Did you want a lot of detail or do you right. want, do you have a time constraint? No, I actually really want to get to know you better. No problem. Wheel in the iTero and like have that thing talk to the patient. <laughs> I <feel> like you <laughs>
1: walk into the room and you like flip down your visor because yeah. you're going into battle. That's the kind of patient yeah. I need this for. This is great.
0: <laughs> All right. So we covered, we covered AI last podcast. So let's go to something new <laughs> and exciting. Talk to us. I've in got one. a question. Yeah, please. All
2: right. So Teresa, you're obviously the, the insurance guru in the, in the industry, huge following people come to you for, for the answers in this. What would you say would be the, we have a lot of people in our mastermind who are, who are in network, possibly considering going out of network with some providers. Can you say like, what are the three stats you need to look at before determining if you're ready to go out of network?
1: Yeah. So, production by carrier, obviously, net production by carrier. Um, I also want you to look at the adjustments by carrier. And then I want you to look at referrals by carrier. So referrals by carrier and the adjustments by carrier are usually never paid attention to. Production Mm. by carrier, yeah, you can look at that and it's fun. And you kind of look at it and you're like, well, at least I made... Usually production by carrier is used as a rationale to stay in network. Like, oh, well, it's not that bad. Look at that. It's a good amount. It's more than I thought. So here, I don't mean to be so dismissive. I shouldn't be, like that. So then the adjustment by carrier. So this is different. This is not the difference between the full fee and the PPO fee. This is the adjustments over and above your difference in fee schedule. So these are the appeals that you've lost that you're writing off. These are the disallows that you're writing off. These are the patient okay. arguments that you've had. And you're like, ah, screw it. I don't want to deal with it. And you write it off. If it's, so you have to have a MetLife adjustment, a Cigna adjustment. You have to have one for each each carrier. And But if you don't have that starting off, then it's hard to measure that. So starting in January, if anybody has not heard of this or thought to do this, set that up so that you have adjustments for each carrier. Same thing with referrals. So if your carrier is sending you a lot of patients that's something you need to factor in when you're looking at, at getting out so but a lot of times we don't track that we just have insurance as a referral but we need to, for everyone that you're in network with put that in there and then at the end of the year when you run your insurance or when you run your referral report this is where we have real come to jesus talks with doctors because it, this is hard for me to tell doctors, but they need to hear it. So we'll run the referral report, and the top ten, sometimes even top twenty, is nothing but insurance referrals. There's no patients, maybe one or two patients. maybe the the mom or dad is on there. Um, the neighbor nothing, nothing that says this patient, this office is sustaining itself you know it's growing organically nothing like that it's all yeah. nothing but insurance referrals so if i'm looking at your top 10 and at least half are patients i know that you're in a good place it means that you've you remember that the marketing is still a thing so yeah, and
0: by the way insurance is marketing
1: yes absolutely it's a
0: different form of marketing so if you want to turn off all marketing engines but you want to leave the insurance on then that will work for some people And I think we we make a lot of presumptions to get to the point that we're talking in this in this decision tree. Mm -hmm. Some dentists have this vision to scale and grow, you know, 50 practices and others are just, you know, single providers and only have two hands. You can only, you know, booked up six months in advance and you're not making money. That's a different scenario for both of those providers. So I think it's a very individual question, but I, I love where yeah. you're going. So please keep going with the marketing as insurance is marketing.
1: Well, and, you know, and let's take it even a step further to say that this is contract law and it, let's look at it from a contract point of view. So when you sign on to a, an insurance carrier, there's that consideration, right? You give up something, they give up something. So you give up your fees, they give up that, they they promise to send you new patients. So if you are in network and you're giving up these ridiculous fees, right? they're not sending you any new patients. And you only know that because you're running this report the way we just talked about, if they're not sending you any new patients, you have like maybe five or 10 patients from Duncan carrier. So let's just say that I'm not sending you anybody. So you're thinking, well, you, so this is the, you go two ways. One, I would want you to get out of the network because I'll get into that in a second. But number two, a lot of people will say, well, it's just, you know, a couple patients and I'm not going to go through the, the process of getting out of network. So it's not a big deal. But the problem is it's a liability. So it's an open liability. If you have this connection out there and all of a sudden Duncan insurance carrier wakes up and says, hey, I'm gonna lease out my whole network You know, I didn't do that before, but now I can because somebody approached me, this little tiny insurance company you never worried about now all of a sudden is leasing you out to everybody you just tried to get out of network with. (laughs) So it's a it's a it's an open it's a it's a liability and I want to get rid of that. So um, but back to the contract thing, if you look at that and they're not sending you new patients, you're the only one who's delivering on this contract. And so that. That should really put it into perspective for you. Well,
0: you're reminding me of a book, the the book, Who Moved My Cheese? I'm sure we've all read that one, but a great book. Like, you know, in business, we do the same thing. We go to the same spot expecting the same result. And it's a precarious position. It's a liability as you speak to, because if the carrier decides to do something Mm -hmm. and 80% of your practice, I've heard so many people tell me like the story, like I had this business and it was great because we serviced the IBM factory that was right there. And then IBM closed and we were out of business. So it's our job as business owners to just look at, you know, swats, strength, weakness of opportunities. And now look at competitive analysis. And if you have exposure like that, even if you choose not to do anything about it, at least know that you're going to do that.
1: Well, and so in my workshops, what I teach is that you have to keep an eye on what's going on in your neighborhood, even if it's going to the Chamber of Commerce meetings, being involved in the county or at least just reading the news, you know, and seeing what's going on in the area. But once a year it
0: could be going up or down
1: absolutely and once a year i go to the county website go go to the city website because they all have stats they're all trying to attract new businesses you'll see the new businesses coming in you'll see the you're not going to see the businesses that are getting out but hopefully you're looking at the news and you're listening to your patients but like pepsi just laid off i think it was pepsi just laid off a whole bunch of people and those areas you know there's a whole little cities built up around these
0: factories. I mean, you well, look at what this, happened so. with the car industry. Look of at how the, the, the wealthiest areas were Detroit and the whole like automotive belt, like the people that built the stereos in Ohio and the automotive industry took a tank. The entire mm-hmm. entire communities and cities were destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it is incumbent upon you to be aware of it. And I know people are busy and they don't want to think about stuff like that, but you, you need to, if you're going to be a business owner, you need, this is important.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's tough if you don't want to and you're a business owner, then you need to think about having somebody else do that for you. But you can't just ignore it. I mean, I I feel bad. I have some offices that I talk to a lot in Chicago, and they they have like a double punch going on. So they've got some big companies moving out. But they also got hit with COVID, as did most of the metro cities. I mean, as you know, being where you all are, what happened I definitely saw this in New York City, definitely seeing this in Chicago, all these doctors who had built their practices around people who work every day that could just yep. go downstairs and get their dental work done. It just dried up, disappeared. And so who's coming it's a here?
0: liability. In fact, if you're in like this professional building in downtown mm-hmm. New York or Chicago, and you were just like, I don't need to advertise, I don't need to do anything because this building is 46 floors. Right. And I'm the only dentist. Like they have right. to walk by me every day. And all of a sudden, like from one month to the next, that occupancy of that building went down by 80%. It's a ghost town. Now it's a negative because now you're inside yeah. this building. You can't even see people. Well, so who's going to those... buy
1: this? Who's going to buy it from you?
0: Right, you know, so. right. Yeah, I was in New York City for a meeting last week and it was like a ghost town. It was I mean, in this particular office building, I saw these mm-hmm. beautiful offices all with curved monitors and great furniture that was electronic that lifts up and down for standing and sitting desks. And it was just all empty. It was so weird. Yeah. I know it's rebounding, but, you know, you have to choose your state, too, because cer- certain states had different lockdown policies. I mean, I was fortunate in Florida, you know, we 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 seem to have gotten it right because we everything was back to normal, like really quickly, yeah. really quickly. We, we I mean, summer of 2020. It was business as usual here That's and amazing. we have other we have friends in the mastermind that were in california that were like really that it was really hard in small business
1: yeah well you know during the lockdown was interesting so i don't do very much in office consulting anymore but i do strategy calls so what what i was getting was a lot of strategy calls because finally doctors were looking at the numbers and they wanted to know okay well should I get off of PPO? So tying it back to the the topic. So going, should I get off of PPOs? Now I'm looking at these numbers, I can do the work and all this. Now I'm getting the same calls, the same people calling because they went out of network and <clears throat> For whatever reason, many of them, I said, don't even do it. You're not ready. They did it. And now they're looking at going back in network because the practice is suffering a lot. Well, and that's
0: it- the beautiful thing about insurance, though. There's no fatal mistake. You can go back in and out. I've done it several times. You know, I did it mm-hmm. like, you know, without much regard um, to a process because i was young and didn't realize what i was doing or inexperienced i should say yeah. but there is an art form to doing it and selective enrollment and stuff like that and even having certain doctors if you're multi-doctor having some on it and some off and there's ways to kind of hybridize the ppl model
1: yes that's true and what i was worried about with these doctors is if they left they already had good fee schedules because they had negotiated you know early on when they left and want to come back in they're not getting those old fee schedules that's yeah. what hurts that's what yeah. really they start hurt. back
2: at zero huh yeah, yeah. well yeah. Or, or ground floor yeah yeah
1: and Jeez. i mean their costs went up obviously and you know what do you mean they cut reimbursement oh
0: no well, I, <laughs> yeah the thing is to teresa look we just came we just came off of a cycle of a lot of pent-up demand mm-hmm. so one thing is when things when the market goes well everybody thinks they're a genius so for those who have dabbled in real estate or had a, a dental practice in a good area you feel like you're an app you're like the elon musk of dentistry you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so good. I should open up four more offices." But now a cycle cools or goes through a recession and now everybody faces the music. So yeah. what this exposes when good times cover up a lot of sloppy business people, I'm I'm the one, I'm included in that. I'm not pointing my finger. I'm I've thought at certain times I was God's gift to dental business ownership and I got my butt kicked many times through, through different cycles. So what would you say to those people now? What what are you what's your crystal ball? saying about dentistry, 2023, 2024, because you have to have some level of opinion on that to advise people. So take me through your thought process, 2023, 2024, what happens to dentistry?
1: So just to give background on why I think the way I do, um, I do work with the ADA on projects, but I also work with the carriers on projects. So, you know, I have a chapter in the Coding Companion, so I'm very in there with the ADA. I talk to them a lot, often. The carriers. I'm on many different committees, and so I get the two back and forth. And I try. Both of them know that I try to stay Switzerland because that's the only way I can do this communication and, you know, give it back to the industry. And they're all good with it, actually. So, I I don't know if dentistry is in a really good place for the next two years uh, compared to the carriers. I just don't. There's actually been a net gain in PPO um, joint dentists being PPO providers um you'll go on facebook and you'll see and this is why facebook groups kind of drive me crazy you'll see them all go me me everybody too. has gotten out of network and you can do it too and we got out and it's the best right. thing ever well and by yeah. the way
0: we fired a hygienist and we're doing our own cleanings it's the best move i ever did <laughs> yeah right I mean, prima donna's won all this money oh so good yeah me too holy <laughs> hell i'm like oh my god dumpster you know, fire
1: so that's why i was getting all these calls like okay well walk me through the process well okay Let's talk about this. And then you get down to the nitty gritty and they're not in any way, shape or form ready to go out of network. But because everybody else is doing it, it's like this lemmings off a cliff thing. Right. So but the real lemming action is that more doctors are going in network than ever before. And
0: that's the truth. The truth is is net enrollment of participating providers is up.
1: Well, and if you look at it, it makes sense. So some of you are like, oh, that's nah, she's wrong. That's not what I read on Facebook. No. <laughs> so here, here's what I want you to think about. All of the group practices and DSOs, every yeah. one of those, those are they're participating. All of them are yeah, participating. 100%. And in fact,
0: I just want to cut you for one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I want to add another access to this conversation. So net dollars being spent in dentistry going significantly higher. So more dollars going into dentistry, mm-hmm. dentist salary going down, keep going. Another it's, access to talk about. I want you to yes. throw those variables into this dialogue that you're talking about.
1: Sure, sure. So you have more more dentists joining into groups. They're all getting credentialed. Not only that, they're all getting credentialed. So if you have one location and you have, I'm sorry, if they're at one office, but you have 10 locations, that doctor is getting credentialed at all 10 locations, yep. just just in case he or she can go work that day. Um, what ends up happening then is that you go out of network or maybe you go to a different office and you try to get credentialed at this, where you're actually going to be. Your fee schedule now could be constricted because you accepted a lower one over here. Um, or there's a, you know, the, the what is that called? Restricted covenant. What is that when you have the the radius that you can't? Yeah, exactly right. restricted covenant. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you have that that you have to contend with. And so as a result, you start signing up for plans, just because you want to get going. And then you're like, Oh, I'll get off of those plans later. I'll go back to that. It doesn't happen. And then you realize that you're now caught in it's truly a spider web because to find out, what is the origin of your participation? You've got to go back like five insurance companies because you've been leased out so many times. And this is a big reason why I don't do negotiations. I don't even, I don't know who's contracted with who. And next month it'll be somebody different. So I was laughing, somebody asked in a Facebook group, you know, does anybody have a list of, who participates with who and who networks to who. And I was like, yeah, I have one. It'll be out of date tomorrow. Like, (laughs) come on. When
0: Your EOB is out of date, like the minute you get it back. Like, (laughs) we're going to pay this amount of money. I mean, listen, insurance has got a beautiful business. They they control the outcome, but they use you as a vicarious agent of the insurance company. So when someone is pissed, Mm -hmm. they're pissed at you as the dentist and the treatment coordinator. So yes, we'll pay you this, but it's an estimate. Yes. So you relay that information to our detriment to the patient, Mrs. Jones. Good news, insurance estimates will pay this. You get back insurance, no, no. That I know that was an estimate. We're not, Teresa. Why did you do this? You know I couldn't afford that, and now so they have a brilliant model in that, you know, you're the one that has to be their extension of their customer support.
1: Yeah, and that's when I go to chat GPT and say, "Why did I do that, chat GPT?" would always yeah. say to this patient, well, "What
0: a what a great model. What a great <laughs> model for the insurance company."
1: It actually is. And if you think about it, I mean, in not just dental insurance, I mean, property insurance, all of it, it insurance yeah. is a great business model.
0: But insurance, the dental insurance is is an outlier in that it's the only insurance product I'm aware of that people are excited to use. I don't want to use my insurance. I don't want to get in a car accident. I don't want to use life insurance. I don't want to use my mm-hmm. health insurance. Mm-hmm. Dental insurance, like people think like, oh, I would like whiter teeth. You know, yeah. let me use my dental insurance. Well, so by, and- by that virtue, it's not it's not really an insurance com- uh, plan. It doesn't cover catastrophic loss. I mean, if we wreck our car, you'll get a check for something that's suitable to a replacement of your car. Mm-hmm. If you, God forbid, fell over, uh, tripped and broke 10 of your teeth, insurance is like Fifteen hundred. Good luck. Right, right. You know, that's not insurance.
1: Well, and and we do need, but we need to start calling it something else. And I think many of us have. We've done this whole switch from calling it um, insurance to calling it benefits or the allowable amounts or not allowable amounts. Um, benefits provided by your employer. I've got a couple of verbal.
0: Um, well, there's there's trips. a disconnect there, though, Teresa. We want to call it that, but the dental insurance companies don't want to call it that because if no. it was just a benefit plan, wait, I'm paying. a year for $1,500 of benefit. That doesn't sound good. Well, we got
1: to start somewhere though. I mean, where, where does the conversation start? It's got to start with us. So I'm training offices. Now you don't say, Hey, you're, you know, we can't do this because of your plan. We can't do this. And the fact is you can do whatever you want to, the benefits are going to pay whatever the benefits are. So I'd rather if something comes back denied, I need to have some verbiage in place. Like it looks like your employer selected a plan that does not cover. It looks like your employer is not allowing for benefits to be paid on that procedure. We deal with plans all the time that Why cover just, this. Um,
0: looks like your employer doesn't really care about you. Well, because
1: I'm, I'm, I am i i can not do that. I joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
0: like, I'm like, you're saying it in a nice way.
1: I, I tried to, I had to be nice. I, now I've got, you know, now I've got I, competition I, with my chat thing. I got competition. I now. was
0: joking with you. Joking. <laughs> that's so funny. How long have you been working there? Oh, 12 years? You know, your employer doesn't, didn't get you benefits that really matter.
1: I'm so surprised. (laughs) These benefits suck compared to what just came in. Like, (laughs) because really you do want to say that, like, oh, it's a really crappy plan. And there's definitely some patients you can say that to. I mean, I definitely have said things like that, but you have to, you have to
0: really know. Yeah, I (laughs) see see some of the things I'm like, listen, dental insurance should pay for that, but they don't. And it's a shame and they really should. Yeah. But listen, how is this minimum, you know, M, I'm going to butcher this, you know, the word, the acronym
1: medical loss ratio, MLR. Yes.
0: Yes. Go there for me.
1: So I'm not popular when I talk about this because I, I love that we're getting more, um, regulatory. We're paying attention to the things, the avenues that are available to us to make changes. I love that. Um, I love that the ADA united behind something like,
0: Finally, so oh, no, listen, like, I, I, don't don't, want, don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to ban. No, yeah, don't, I work don't, with them, don't, but don't, don't throw shit on the ADA. They've, yeah, been, but... they've been negotiating for discounted car rental rates for me for years.
1: Oh,
2: so God,
0: with, uh, right. yeah, I've been able to get like a uh, 5% off at Hertz just by being an ADA member.
1: Yeah, but I, oh I'm not God. an ADA member, so it doesn't affect me. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. So
0: <laughs> you could enjoy $5 off your next car rental.
1: They won't take my money. Did you know that? Why is that? They will not let you join as a team member, which is just one of the, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with this up in the ADA headquarters about this. Here's a revenue stream.
0: So I've been an ADA member for 23 years. And guess what this year is going to be? my first year, non and flying solo people.
1: Why? Why? What was the? What was the final Because I
0: was able to use Alamo rental car. um, And they're gonna give (coughs) me the 5% off. So I don't, you know, I don't need the rental car discount anymore. No, I mean, what honestly, I mean, with this, this will get us this will be an unpopular opinion. But I, I have watched the, the group that's supposed to protect us um, as dentists, you know, uh, from the at home, or there's been there's been companies and I'll I'll remain nameless, because I don't want to get a cease and desist here. But companies that have actually interfered with the sanctity of the dentist patient relationship. And I've watched those companies not only go unchecked by the ADA, but actually take sponsors, the ADA is taking sponsorship money from such companies. And, um, and I, I think the profession needs a larger voice to protect itself from corporate interests that are not always in the best um, interest of the practitioner and the patient, and they failed. They, I think we've been failed, and I, I want. I don't know if it if it means something, but I, I just, at a principle alone, I feel like I have to make a stand. Um, and I, I feel that way very strongly. And I'm sad about it because yeah. if they would have asked me, we'll pay, you can pay double your dues, but we'll do X, Y, and Z, I would feel better about it. And I am really proud of the ADA for the um, minimum via whatever that is. But, MLR, and, yeah. And just so people understand, uh, let me, Teresa, just take well, one, like a 30 second. What is that exactly? Mm-hmm. So people understand.
1: Sure. So um, so basically, it's the amount of the premium that's actually spent on direct patient care. So on the medical side, you're looking at usually about 85 percent, you know, that that's mandated to be spent on patient care now. So that means 15 cents of every dollar would go towards administrative marketing, all that kind of stuff. Um, And in dentistry, there is no requirement except for, I think, one or two states. And there's a guideline in another state. But now we have Massachusetts that was able to get it passed. Um, what's really kind of cool about the massachusetts situation is that they tried to get it passed through the legislature twice and it went nowhere because of lobbying efforts so they went directly to the ballot mm-hmm. which is that's what makes it unusual so now it's templated out it's probably it's going to go to all the <laughs> other states i've already read an article that you know i think connecticut and
0: oh yeah so like that will be a quick domino to fall for, for sure. sure so why are you unpopular then so i I want to get to that
1: yeah and i also i just want to say real quick because i do work with the ada i do like what they do but i just wish they did some things differently i just wish they weren't so glacial and i everything is very slow there and i i don't think i'm gonna upset anybody by saying that so let's just leave it at that
0: yeah i
2: was i have a lot
1: of comp i have a lot of comments about ada and what they do and what they don't do but going to the mlr so my issue with this is that and I do think it's great that it passed because the at least what it did is it educated the population about um, the behind the scenes on dentistry that, you know, there should be some some more being paid towards it. But I don't know if it was so as egregious as it was made out to be. It's not like insurance companies were paying, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. I mean, they were already up at around 83 percent when you look oh, at really? the numbers. Yeah, That's yeah. That's not what so, I've
0: heard. I've not heard that. Yeah, yeah about so 83 no, no, so the, about It was like in the twenties to me. We, no, we were, oh
1: no 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 no. Okay. So I, I and I the have
0: that you were talking about, but no, we were told by so Delta. Like, let me try to. I was I was told that Delta Dental of Massachusetts was in the twenty something cents on the dollar.
1: I can N- I can send you the Tufts policy paper that kind of. Why the urgency
0: all? then? To
2: why the urgency to mandate something if it's already there?
1: I am understanding that there is one particular person that really was funding it and pushing it through. And it was a it was a cause and I, good for him. He was able to get it pushed through and, and he's the one who kind of led the cause. Uh, I mean, you go through two lobbying sessions and, you know, you get on the ballot, you're going to keep pushing it. So um, I, that being said. I, I can definitely provide you the resources, I'll send you the, the policy papers. Um, but going back to other times when this has been implemented, um, well, there's another thing that, that we should think about too, is that the MLR is calculated in medical in such a way that it doesn't necessarily take into account things like marketing. OK, so on the dental side, because it's different, it's a totally different business model. It really is. Yeah. So the 83, the 85 percent, let's just say it's 85 percent on the medical side. That doesn't include marketing, actually. So they're paying. They they have some calculation where they can take the, the marketing out. And in, this is way above my pay grade. This is like accountant stuff on the dental side. They haven't gotten that sophisticated to define it because they haven't had to. And so when you calculate they're dlr i guess you could call it it includes things like marketing and broker um it it
0: shouldn't though in my i no,
1: i i agree i agree but i this hasn't been put on the that industry now in california you've had to do reporting guidelines and so i think they're getting better at that and i think utah is the same way so let me go to the reason why i worry that it may not have the intended effect and i hope it i hope it does have the intended effect but what's going to happen to me is that you're going to see a lot of the smaller insurers that are going to not be able to comply with this and make a profit. And so you may see insurers leaving the market and that happens all the time in the insurance industry. If you're not making a mark, I mean, you're in Florida, you see how many,
0: oh you know, God, insurance-, insurance Yeah. You, you see how it, it is. Everybody's out of business. Like so, just for everything.
1: And, and the, the real thing is we have, and I, I I'm going to get geeky. So is that, so that a bad thing? Me. Yeah, it is. Let let me get geeky here for a second. Self-insured and fully insured. So, you know, self-insured plans are the big boys, the Boeings, Walmarts, whatever. They can afford to fund their own carriers or fund their own claims. It's just that the carrier administers it. So that's self-administered. Fully funded is what the state actually can look at. Uh, Self-funded is a government thing. So the the government is what is taking care of that. That's the ERISA plans. And I can slow down and re-explain this if it goes too fast. But the fully funded plans are the only ones who are going to be held to this standard because it's state. Just like a non-covered service law in your state, it doesn't apply to the self-insured plans. It only applies to fully funded plans. A lot of people don't realize that. So it Just because in Virginia we have a non-covered services law, well, that's great. It only applies to half the plans in the state because half the plans are fully funded, half the plans are self-funded, right? So if the fully funded plans whose target market is small employers like us, like me, I'm the perfect person for that, right? If they can't make money, who are they going to raise the premiums on? They're going to raise the premiums on me. I'm going to be like,
0: forget it," you know? True, true. So let me just cut you just for one yeah, second. Yeah, I need yeah. to ask you a question. You're going to know the answer's probably right off the top of your head. What is the average annual premium for a PPO plan? If you had to, I know you're not going to give me the exact, but a, a roughly what to the to the employer employee um, annual employer. premium?
1: It's it's roughly it's I don't want to be exact on this, but Yeah, no, no, roughly. I would say probably about 400.
0: That's what 400, I was thinking, like $30, $40 yeah. a month, right? Yeah. So that, for, I would say
1: about 40. I would go 40. Okay, 40 so let
0: me just, Okay, and what is the average maximum allowable benefit?
1: So people are surprised it's actually about between 1500 and 2000.
0: Okay, right. So it's it's been the Let's same since yeah. I was practicing dentistry and I'm a dinosaur of 24 years in practice. Right. It's been the exact same. So okay. that $1500 over 24 years as the time value of money has drastically decreased.
1: Yes. So
0: let me- But premiums have gone up. Yes. So the delta, pardon for the pun, between what you pay and what you receive has narrowed so significantly that is it a bad thing that the dental insurance goes away because- in the same in the same spirit people can do their own in-office plans Peter and I do that sure yes you absolutely and full disclosure we're sponsored by clear we love clear they work well for us we're paying mm-hmm. customers of it and for that same 28 30 dollars a month I can provide my patients with all that stuff and there's no middleman so, so how is that not better for the customer? Yeah, the so consumer?
1: this is great because this back and forth, I'm going to play devil's advocate. But please people, do. Yeah, please people do. need to realize, like, this is not really what I'm advocating for. So <laughs> I'm just going to play devil's advocate.
0: No, I um, You'll be here's... clipped and taken out of context, by the way. And they'll be like, look at oh, Teresa.
1: Crying out loud. Um, <laughs> so if most if the big plans that are in place, like the Walmarts and the Boeings, If they're unaffected by this and the only plans who are affected are the ones that are going to leave, the big administrators for those plans, the Deltas, the Cygnas, they're not going anywhere. So when you take away the plans who can compete and potentially chip away at market share – you get a monopoly situation again.
0: And so premiums rise.
1: So premiums will rise. Yes. But
0: will but my at my question to you is will there be a commensurate rise for the first time ever in recorded history no. of at maximum allowables? No. Therefore it would go away.
1: No, and I'll tell It'll you why go away. there won't be. I'll tell but you why it, there won't be there. But no,
0: no, no needs and no need to re- tell us that because I know because it's been fifteen hundred dollars since like nineteen eighty-five.
1: No, but that has that's not even it. The actuaries do these things for a reason. The issue is is only like three percent three to five percent of the population that have dental benefits use their maximum they right. most people don't even touch the maximum so if you're a small so, employer
0: yes yeah, so, but listen teresa everything gets disrupted you know oh, people sure. had to buy million dollar medallions to drive taxi cabs in new york city can you believe that that's insane and uber comes along yeah. and brings the power to the people there's power you know we bring the voice, we, we dismantle things. Mm-hmm. That's why. And so where there's a rub and there's friction because insurance was known to be efficient and a good thing as premiums rise and commend, there's no commensurate rise of maximum allowable. It does reach a point where people are like, oh, this is not dental insurance. Oh, this is not what I thought it was. Even yes. if I'm paying $900 a year for $1,500 of benefit well it's a discount plan
1: do you see the benefit though we have to the benefit conversation we have to have that somewhere along the way and so it is our offices that have to do it i mean unless somebody comes up with a public service announcement campaign that's not going to happen you know well, we're, uh, well doing maybe. It, we're
0: doing it right now this is the psa for that because that i see it being a good thing because well you actually said i don't know if it's a good thing because premiums will rise well listen if dental insurance completely went away and then it was just there was there was free market enterprise. There will be people that will still do six hundred dollar crowns. They won't be mandated to do them, but they'll do them.
1: But keep in mind, it's a frog in the in the boiling water situation because as premiums go up, you have the way those premiums are paid, meaning your employers will, employees will actually start to share in more and more of the cost. Which a lot of them do already. A lot of them pay almost all of the premium now. They just don't realize it. So there has to be an awareness of hey, did you know that you're paying? $40 a month for your, you know, bring in your, your, um, pay stub, bring in your benefits information. We'll take a look at that. That's when you can have that conversation about the membership plan so that you are comparing apples to apples as far as price goes. Right. Um, but as when you were t- asking me about 2023 and 2024 going even further than that, I don't see that standalone dental is around honestly in about 10 years. I just don't, um, depending on what does standalone dental means standalone dental mm-hmm. means that's the only um product that the carrier has Delta Dental
0: oh they have dental so they're already
1: starting to diversify they're already starting to diversify Delta Dental just started offering vision in some markets too they started doing plan uh partnerships I heard of a very
0: large DSO solicited my friend who's a medical doctor um it's a very prominent DSO and they said hey we're bringing medical into our locations can Mm -hmm. we bring you in and why not
1: why wouldn't they do that I I, know it's great same thing with Walmart. I mean, Walmart tried to do dental and medical and you kind of laugh at Walmart dental, but no, I think, quite it would be frankly,
0: great. done right, it would be great.
1: I, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. It would be true. And the other thing, too, about dental coverage is that it actually gets people in the door. So, you know, we, we kind of like rail at them and all that. And I know I've had my issues with them, but the studies are not done by the insurance carriers. The studies are all over the place. It definitely shows people come in when they have coverage and if they don't have coverage they put it off and
0: what's the economic relationship i'm sorry this is like rapid fire but i know we have to wrap so this is like lightning round what's the economic relationship that you're aware of between dental insurance companies and the ada
1: um the cdt code uh revenue
0: and do you have any idea or approximation of what you believe that to be
1: no no in fact it's it's funny because i i I guess I could. I mean, many ADA members have access to the numbers in the financials, so you could probably it's probably a line item. Um I have to pay anytime I use the codes in my presentations because I teach coding, so they get a 10% so, off. So I a. guess my
0: more question to you is do you believe that there is an economic incentivization for the for the ADA to ensure that ins- dental insurance exists? Is one
1: Um I don't think as much as it used to be. I think actually we're into a new area. I think there are issues going on at the ADA that I think they're seeing the bigger picture and that we're going to get wrapped up into single payer or we're going to be working closely with Medicare. So in
0: other words, it's not an altruistic endeavor. It's just a a musical stop and they're just trying to stay abreast of it.
1: Yep, exactly. Exactly. That just bothers
0: me by the way, right? I know we all have to work together you know but yeah
1: I, it's it is that's why I think it's good the ada serves a good purpose because there's no other large lobbying body for us I mean right now there isn't and if there were maybe there would be some competition and you'd see some different behavior from the ada but as it stands right now that's what are they doing they're not getting prompted for anything what and I've had this conversation with them I, the transition group that they just started, you know, they're doing yeah, this-
0: ADA this, practice transitions.
1: I mean, I get it. And I interviewed, the doctor was on my podcast. She's a wonderful person. I get it. But when I talk to doctors, they're not concerned with access to care. They're not concerned with transitions, getting a deal from the ADA. They're concerned with reimbursement. They're concerned right, with the workforce. right, right. It
0: seems like all these ancillary, like, tre- like literally I'm on the ADA's website. I don't want this to be about the ADA. But it's like travel benefits save on your next trip with discounts on rental cars, cruises, and hotels. What are you, Expedia? Like, hello, like we're, we have major stuff here. It's like it's like yeah. people are drowning. Like, here, here's a washer. Like, that's not gonna help me. I'm drowning. Like, I, it just, yeah. it's tone deaf. It just bothers me. And, and listen, yeah. this is a cry. You know, if the ADA wants to enlist people that are helpful, like reach out to us. I would love, I'm not here to say the ADA needs to be disbanded, I just I'm just mm-hmm. calling for a better ADA. That's what I'm calling for. So I mean, I'm uh, this let this be an open invite. Like l- I'd help the ADA. I know you're helping them, Peter. I'll volunteer you, Peter's like extremely optimistic to help the ADA, but we need lobbyists. We need <laughs> we need, we need we need people to help us. But you're losing yeah. I think you're losing a lot of our fight by by bundling in travel benefits at the same time. Like I don't think yeah, anybody needs that.
1: It's not I don't know. That's that never appeals to me for any membership organization, really. You know, just um, as an aside, I want to see what you guys think of this. This is interesting. I listened to a former um, president of the Massachusetts Dental Society. He was speaking to a whole group of insurance um, executives. And what he said stuck with me. He said, as a voting block, dentists do it to themselves. So basically, lawyers, they, they Go with what the lobbying, or the the ABA, what, whatever, whatever the big organizations say. Yep, yep. they, they say vote for this candidate, and they don't really care what your personal beliefs are. Vote for this candidate because this will preserve your your way of life, and your your job. And he said, Dennis, don't do that. If you told Dennis to vote for this because it yeah. will preserve dentistry, they're like, whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, you know what? Carice, wow. you know what Peter says. Peter says, you know what the you know the dental firing squad looks like? Other dentists. It's a circle. I mean, at the end of the day, you're calling it, you're calling a spade what it is. It's, it's, we are our own worst enemy. We don't, we don't play well with each other. And it's no wonder why we have a, a less effective ADA because like, we can't even agree on occlusion. Put 10 (laughs) dentists at a cocktail bar at the end of the, uh, uh, at a symposium. Like, (sighs) People can't even agree on what's the right treatment plan. So, yeah, I, I hear you. But I yeah. but listen, my hope is that at least we spurred some conversations yeah. and that we we let people really know at the end of the day, you're not beholden to any um, board or agent, uh, not board, but any yeah. insurance company. You, you mm-hmm. have the freedom to, to create the practice that you wish, right. but um, you need to look under the hood and you need to get really familiar with what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I I hope everybody wasn't like, oh, Teresa's full of doom and gloom. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming in dentistry. I mean, I'm excited about some of the technology that's coming, not just the chat. But um, I really I love the fact that we do what we do. And I just want to make a push that we need to really be out there talking to people about how awesome our industry is because we need to attract new people. And nobody wakes up, goes to school and says, I want to be a dental assistant. They just don't. They don't. And we need to make that more attractive. So I'm just going to put a challenge out to your listeners to take a look at the high school, take a look at having some campaigns about how cool it is to be in dentistry. I know it sounds kind of nerdy, but we're suffering right now with lack of workforce. We lost a lot of institutional knowledge with all these retirements. So
0: it's tough. Yeah. No, it's a great profession. It's great for, you know, assistants to rise and be trained. I mean, You know, there's so many, there's, there's these great stories like Erica starting off in sterilization and winding up being the entire operations for the entire practice. I love the profession It's small business at its core. It's family run. It's good people. It's noble. We help people. We get paid to help people. So I agree with you. We got to be banging on that drum more, but listen, Teresa, we got to wrap because of time, but that was freaking awesome, it was awesome.
2: really Listen, really awesome
0: so w- let's plug where, where can people find you what what's the deal like how do we get in touch with you
1: so my website is odyssey mgmt uh, because somebody took management all spelled out so odyssey mgmt.com and i have a newsletter that goes out pretty regularly um, some online courses that are getting actually revamped for the first of the year but uh, it's all about insurance and uh, two podcasts. Nobody told me that and chew on this and feel free to listen to those in between your episodes. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: listen. More, more information is better. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then I have a book called um, Moving Your Patients to Yes, Easy Insurance Conversations. You can find that on my website. And uh, yeah, just so if it has to do with coding, I'm probably in the middle of it. So come find me at a meeting and you know, come say hi.
0: That's awesome, Teresa. Well, thank you for doing what you do for dentistry. Um, we're, we're pretty aligned here. It's good to talk to people that are uh, fighting the same battle. Yeah. Really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Teresa.